You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 262. I'm Tim Robertson. Maybe. With, with David Cohen. In person. Um, I might come over there and just slap you across the face so that everybody knows that but, I'm actually here. But I would enjoy it, so that would, that would be kind You guys can wait until after I leave the room, please. <laughs> and that voice is Guy Searle from the MyMac Podcast. Hey. Hey, Guy. No. I'm taking off my shoes. Oh. They're new shoes, so I'm not... They're... Mmm. It's got that new shoe smell. <laughs> I don't think that's new shoe. I think it's something else. Yeah. See, it's a good thing it's a podcast. So the it's tacos. It's, it's new taco smell. Oh, that's yeah. right, yeah. So Based we on are uh, at MacStock. Actually, MacStock doesn't start until tomorrow. Although tomorrow morning. We're speakers, so we're having a dinner. And my plus one is David, because David, technically David's just an attendee this year. He's not a speaker. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Which is, oh, I'm kind of far away from the mic. Yeah. Is this, is this better? So much better. So Guy Searle's uh, portable recording equipment is what we're using. We're in uh, David and my hotel room. Uh, what is this Actually, setup? you know what this reminds me of? Podcast 100. Yeah, 100. Yeah. yeah. Technically, that wasn't Podcast 100. That was 99. Yeah, but it worked out that way. Yeah, yeah. So that was the... The first time Guy Searle and I podcasted in person. That first time we met. And yeah, that's right. That was the first time we met. And uh, he came up to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we recorded a podcast. Still one of my favorite podcasts to do. That was so much fun. In an Apple store. What is, yeah. what is the MyMac podcast number up to now? Is it 600 and something? We, oh, God. Uh, Gaz and I just recorded. If only there was some way we could look yeah. it up. <laughs> Is there, is there, like, some kind of a tool that would go online and? Uh, I think it's it's in the I think it's in like the two teens something or six teens. Yeah, well, six I was gonna say teens, it's a little yeah. more than that. Yeah. Well, My, six and then teens. Teens, yeah. MyMacPodcast.com. And uh, the last episode you and Gaz did was six thirteen. So yeah, so so the net. The, well, so it was five hundred and thirteen episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we all feel old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I do. <laughs> so today, uh, like I said, today is Friday. It's the day before MacStock actually begins. There's a speaker dinner tonight. We're all going to go to that at eight p.m. Kind of late for a dinner, but uh, whatever. To me, it's like nine o'clock. It's nine o'clock to you as well. It's like two in the morning for poor David. <laughs> Uh, but whatever, it's going to be on uh, the sponsor's dime. Right. So I'm, in fact, it's OWC's dime. So I'm, bring the lobster and steak is all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. Surf and yeah. turf, baby. Bring it. Bring they're coming, coming the bar bill, aren't they? So. I doubt it. <laughs> we all came in, you two came in actually yesterday. Yes, in a roundabout way. And I got here <laughs> this morning. I drove in from West Michigan. It took about three and a half hours to get to David's other hotel. Yes, David's a world traveler. He didn't stay at this hotel last night. He stayed at another one, which at this point he's probably wishing he just would have stayed at this one. I am, yeah. Um, but we had something cool planned. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about the journey. So mine was just <laughs> simply waking up, getting in the car, and driving here. Nothing. It was nothing. But we'll start with you, David. Uh, how was your uh, journey? Yeah, it was, good. it was good. It was kind of what I expected. I didn't have any real hitches, but um, it was a 5 a.m. start from Manchester down to the airport, get on the plane to Dublin. Um, I was flying Aer Lingus because they have this kind of cool thing where you can pre-clear immigration in Dublin. So that means... What, for the US? For the US, yeah. So um, the only slight snag with that was that I wasn't looking where I was going when I got off my connecting flight and I actually left the... I didn't get to go through to the connections part. I actually left... The came airport. out came out into the, like, the general part of the airport. <coughs> so now I had to turn around and go back in again. So I ended up doing an extra set of security just to be on the safe side. Um, and, yeah, did that. Got the flight out. Uh, it was pretty smooth. Got took, to, a, took an Uber, right? Uh, yeah, when I got to Chicago, I was, I'd was i been looking up on um, Apple Maps. I was thinking, well, so the hotel I was staying at was in, in Schomburg, which is not far from O'Hare Airport, but it's nowhere near Chicago City. So I was thinking, oh, well, I'll just get a train or something like that. I'm looking at that, and it's a train and a bus, and it's going to take an hour and 45 minutes. And I'm thinking... Donkey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Blindfolded thinking, donkey. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm yeah, thinking you don't that, want them to see yeah. where they're going. <laughs> I, and obviously I was tired. I, I really didn't fancy that. So but then I thought, well, why don't I just see how much it is in Uber? And it was only about 20 bucks with Uber. So yeah. um, I, I love Uber. Have you <laughs> Ubered oh, yeah. much? Yeah, over in, in Frisco, last uh, couple of Macworlds. It's, Uber is just the greatest. I thing just is, love it. Uber was unusual for me, though, because in Manchester, where I live, you have to be a licensed taxi driver to drive for Uber. Whereas here in Chicago, it was perfectly obvious that there were there were moms on the soccer run who were doing a bit of Uber on the side because sure. all they had was a sticker on the dashboard, and there it was. It was perfectly clear these weren't regular taxis. Are, are you sure those I, I, soccer moms were only doing Uber? <laughs> no, I think I think they might have been lifting as well. A <laughs> <laughs> little pink mustache in the front. The thing is, I kind of like them not being professional taxi drivers. Yeah, it seemed at least all the Uber or all the Ubers I've taken so far, and I've taken Lyft once too. It's the same people. Um, they go out of their way to be extra nice. Yeah. Yes, professional taxi that. drivers don't do that at all. They no. could care less where you're going, where you're from. They don't really want half of them don't speak English in the bigger cities. Uh, those taxi cabs stink. I had a horrible. I'm pretty sure I talked about it on uh, a past tech fan. A, a terrible one out of Manhattan all the way to the airport where there was no shocks on the back of this car. I mean, I was hitting my head on the roof of this car. It was so bad. Yeah. And this guy that was driving was horrible. Yeah. There was, it, he thinks the gas pedal is either go or stop. Uh-huh. There's nothing in between. It was horrible. I've never had an experience like that in Uber. Right. It's, it's always the vehicles are clean, the people are nice. They'll talk to you. I've had great conversations with a lot of my Uber drivers. Yeah. I, I've had Uber drivers actually say, are you thirsty? I've got water here. Yeah, Give I've, me bottles I, of water. I've yeah. had them say, I've got chargers back there if you need to plug yeah. in your phone. Never had that in Manchester, certainly. And I asked, I asked one of them a few weeks ago because I get Ubers from the station quite a lot in the evenings. I asked them how much it costs to become a licensed driver for Uber. Uh, under the Manchester regulations, and the, just the license itself and passing the test and everything is over a thousand pounds. So you got wow. you got yeah. you're working you for have, you have to be three months for free at that point. But well, uh, this this is the problem. He said he said you know he, he, in fact he was talking about the fact that when Uber dropped their rates, it 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 really hurt a lot of people because obviously they were yeah they were trying to get this money back and they've still got to pay they've got to pay professional insurance and yeah. all of that they're just they're the same as any other minicab basically um, they just have the convenience of the app. Now, unfortunately, I live in Battle Creek, Michigan, right outside of Kalamazoo, Michigan, and that's where the Uber driver went crazy just recently hmm. and went on a, a, rampage. a rampage and shooting people. I mean, it was horrible. Yeah. So that's the black eye of the Uber, but all in all, I have to say, I, I would give Uber an A minus, if not an A plus. I mean, it's just, I love the service. It's yeah. so I've, I've never had a bad ride with Uber. I haven't either. And here's what I was telling David earlier about this. When you go to a town you've never been into and you're trying to figure out where to go to eat, you don't want to go to the touristy, expensive places, right? So you ask your Uber driver, hey, if you were me, where would you go to eat? Forget about the touristy. You know, whatever. Yeah. Where where do you go out when you want to go to a nice place to eat? Because they're going to tell you something that the hotel's not going to tell you. Nope. That's not going to be in any brochure. You're not going to find it online right. easy. Because they're not, they're not getting a kickback. Right. Yeah. They live there. Yeah. They're going to tell you where they go to get the good food. So that's what the, I, when I figure that out, what the heck is that? The whole hotel is shaking. Maybe Gaz did show up. He's beating on the <laughs> oh, door. Oh, he's not that big. <laughs> Damn it, don't you be podcasting without me, Kai. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so you got to uh, your hotel. Cost yeah. you, what did you say, 20 bucks? 20 bucks. That's nothing. nothing. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And then I picked David up at his hotel and we moved to this one. Uh, and we'll, But we'll get to that in a second. Guy Searle. Yeah. I was following him on Facebook. You were also posting them on Twitter, or just, yeah, was it just yeah, Facebook? Yeah, it was both. both. Just, just the story of this journey is going to be longer than my whole journey yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try to keep it short. That's not usually my my forte. <laughs> um, I had, you know, I, I arranged for this flight because you know this isn't my only my only stop on this trip. You know, once once Mac stock is over, I'm going down to Florida for a couple of days and, and then visit. drug run back up to Columbia and then circle. Yeah. The yeah. Keys. Well, I mean, well, Hey, you know, got to pay the bills. Well, you, gotta, you know, <laughs> he said as working for a unspecified government agency. Um, so I, I had done all this through Expedia and everything was set up. Uh, my wife and my son guy take me to the airport yesterday morning. 
I had an a 11.30 flight, I think. What did you have for breakfast? I had I don't waffles. Care. Okay, <laughs> well, then you shouldn't have asked me. <laughs> I'll tell you. And it was country butter syrup. It was so good. So I, I get to the airport. I get out. I get through security. American Airlines. American Airlines. Yeah, American Airlines. Let, let's give them the advertising yeah, guy. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Credit oh. where credit's due. Oh, I don't think they want this credit. And right as I was walking up to my gate, I could hear everybody in the gate collectively just go, oh. And they all started leaving the gate, headed for customer service. And I'm like, what, what the hell's going on? So I, I look at the, the, you know, the little signpost there in front of the gate, and it said flight canceled. You're so, at Reagan? I'm at Reagan. Yeah, yeah. Reagan oh. National Airport. And I'm, I'm trying to find somebody to tell me, well, what happened? Did, you know, the plane's not there. You know, nobody would say yeah. what had happened. So by the time I realized that I have to follow everyone else who's already left, you know, I'm, way, at the, you're I'm at the back end of the, the line. line. Yeah. yeah, that's always great. Yeah. So by the time I finally get all the way up to the front, uh, they had a solution. Um, it wasn't one that made me particularly happy because I had also paid for uh, exit row because I need that extra extra leg room for yeah. people who, who have met me. And so they're okay, well, what we're going to do is we have a flight in about an hour and a half. So this is now two hours later than my original flight right. was going to go. You would have been in Chicago at that point. Yeah, right. I would have already been in Chicago yeah. by the time I find it. That's only a two-hour flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they sent me to Kansas City, Missouri. Where I then, and this is on an Embraer 170, which is a, a small Brazilian made dual engine jet. Let's not be racist. Well, no. It's, <laughs> all right. See, you, you, throw me, you throw me, and it's like, I'm not being racist. I'm not. I, swear. I said that, and his eyes got big, like, And also, they're not made in Brazil. They're actually British types. It just, it just I, mean, thought, I thought that was a Brazilian company. No. Embraer was, used to be the British BAE 146. The. Uh, well, you don't, you don't anyway, know how to tell the British Airlines yeah. planes, the ones that they milk in Brazil. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> they, so. they shave the tail area. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What is this podcast rating? Uh, oh, so <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I just made that up. Too, I know. So. I, know. Yeah. I got. I, I get to Kansas City. Yeah. And I now have a five <laughs> five hour layover in Kansas City. Waiting for my flight to go on to Chicago. It's only like an hour flight from oh. Kansas City. And but what made it worse was the the car I was renting, I was gonna get off site off site car rental. But now by the time I finally get into Chicago, it was gonna be after that off site car rental place closed. So I had to get the car from O'Hare Airport, which cost me an extra hundred and twenty dollars. On top of losing Eight hours. Eight hours and the $35 that I paid for exit row seat. So yeah. when I'm getting ready to fly out on Monday, because this is also through American Airlines, I'm going to have a little chat with them here in Chicago. I didn't want to do it that day. No, because you want to get here. You well, don't want to Not only that, yeah. but I was, I was like Hot. this close to yeah. full-on rage. Yeah. yeah. And it takes – Tim, you've known me for a really long time. It takes a lot – to really, yeah. really hack me off. And just that whole day was, it was designed, it was like, oh, here comes Guy. Oh, okay, oh, that's not quite enough. So, but tell me, have you ever been to Kansas City before and how are you racing it? The airport in Kansas City, boring. Missouri. There's boring. Nothing. There's There's like two restaurants and a bunch of like little buy a snack, buy a drink yeah, place. For but, 12 bucks. For, yeah, but other than that, there was nothing. There's nothing. Yeah, that's one of those airports that it's just like, it's definitely you leave from that airport going somewhere else. Yeah. It's yeah. not a layover. Now Utah, on the other hand, that's a good. That's a nice one because you and I are both smokers. Yeah, and that's a good one. No, Salt Lake City. Yeah, Utah. Yeah, uh, that's a good one because they have a smoking area. Yeah. So I was very happy. Louisville was like that too. Yeah, the us smokers though. I'm trying to quit. By the way. Yeah. Well, I'm, what what makes it bad and what, and what you know and you know we're not going to sit here and say oh poor smokers because nobody's going to be caring no. about that. But however. If you're traveling and you, you've been on a plane for two, three hours, you get off a plane, you're a smoker, you'd like to have a cigarette. Yeah. But you can't smoke in the airport, so you have to go out of security, yeah. have a cigarette, and then come back in through security. And for those few airports that actually have, like, a little smoking lounge with, like, airplane-sized propellers to, you know, blow the smoke away, 
it is it is such a godsend, and yeah. all I those airports you, you, still how, do it. I you say, don't you don't you. fly all that often. No, no, well, I hate flying. Right, but you really should get that pre TSA pass. I it costs eighty dollars. I looked into that, but it lasts for like five years. It costs eighty bucks, and you don't have to go through the long security lines. You go through the pre TSA check. Dude, I'm telling you, when I was flying all the time for OWC, I would fly yeah. out of Detroit. There was never less than two to 250 people in line waiting to get through security. Right. I would walk right past all of them, and I've never seen, in the pre-TSA check line, I've never seen more than two people ahead of me. I, I have to say. And I didn't have to take off my shoes. I didn't have to take off my jacket. I didn't have to go through the full body scanner. I go through the metal detector, pick up my stuff, and keep going. Can awesome. I? Yeah, can I just observe, as somebody who works for an unspecified government agency, I presume you already have been through some level of security clearance. Possibly. So I'm surprised that you don't kind of get pre-TSA clearance as, as, a, as a job perk. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast, but I actually have a funny story that's related right. to that. Okay. You can tell that over dinner tonight. Yeah, I'll tell it over dinner. <laughs> it happened on the Brazilian Airlines, by the way. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, it used to happen almost every flight that I took in the United States. Really? Yeah, and it's really funny, but I can't say it here. So we got, we're all here in the Chicagoland area. We're not in Chicago. Um, we're north of Chicago. Right now we're in Crystal Lake, which is the Woodstock area, kind of. Yeah. And tomorrow, obviously, is uh, MacStock. We're mm-hmm. all looking forward to that. But we had some time to kill today. So on oh, the yeah. last episode of TechFan, I came up with an idea. Actually, did we? Yeah. Did, I, yeah. It, was, it was literally right before we started recording, yeah. I believe. And I said, David, what do you think we... Uh, let's go here on Friday. Since I'm getting in there early, you're going to be there. We've got nothing to do until the dinner at 8 o'clock at night. David took one look at the link that I sent him and said, I'm down. That's (laughs) literally what he said. I'm down. (laughs) So it's Galloping Ghost Arcade. It's one of the largest remaining arcades in the United States. There's some bigger ones, don't get me wrong. But this one is, when you look at their website, looks like a huge arcade. So that's what we did today. At 1 o'clock, we met at Galloping Ghost Arcade in uh, the Chicagoland area. It's in, what is that, Brookfield or no? Elk Park or something. Oh, yeah, Whatever something it is. Yeah. Look it up. It's online. And, uh, <laughs> and, so we, fuck and look, we only gave a couple days' notice. It's not like we planned this out. Yeah. But we had a guy come, Gary after Gary came. after showed up. Well, actually, Gary came in because I picked him up. Right. So he came I had with some you. lunch and then we met you guys over. And then uh, Tom Schmidt came, writer from MyMac.com. And. Uh, and I think he's been on TechFan in the past. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. He's been on my Mac. Been on my Mac. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. he was on last year at Max. So there was five of us, and it wasn't a huge party or anything. But it's fifteen bucks a person. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. And it's free play. Every game is set to free play. You just go up and hit player one, or you push this little red button that it pretends to drop a coin, yeah. mm-hmm. and you play. Good lord! From the outside, it doesn't look like a huge place. No. Uh. But when you go in. It's row after row after row, and there's like four or five different rooms inside with just arcade. I was thinking there was going to be a lot of pinball machines. There wasn't a lot of pinball. There was about three. I didn't see see any. Yeah, there was like they're off in a little corner. It was about three. It is definitely an arcade for arcade machines. It is not geared towards the pin crowd at all. And those are really two different crowds. I like pinball, but I'm not a pinball player. So I think someone's beating on it. Shut up over there! You guys are too loud. Too bad. What is that? Is someone coming down think, the hallway? I think there's somebody running around in another room, and it's... Yeah, it's kind of echoing, isn't it? Yeah. So, this is a big arcade. I've been wanting to go to this arcade for a long time. Galloping Ghost. I'm into the arcade scene, so I knew what Galloping Ghost... But I've never been there in person. Mm-hmm. I've been by it on the highway, where I'm like, I'm only like two or three miles from there. I should just stop in. Yeah. At least see it. <laughs> it was like, eh, nah. <laughs> well, I'm usually coming back from work, and, you know, it's getting a little late in the day, and at the most I'd spend an hour, and I didn't want to spend 15 bucks for an hour. Yeah. That seems kind of wasteful. Although, if, if the machines weren't on free play, I'd probably pay that anyways. Yeah. Oh, easy. So, I obviously was in nerd heaven, David, what did you think of Galloping oh, Ghost? I, I thought it was great. Hey, shut up out there. <laughs> uh, I, um, Boy, don't make me take off my belt and come over. Stop I, it. I found the uh, the nostalgia value great for me because I saw loads of games that I had not seen for a long time and played a whole lot of games. David's good, I mean. by the way. I was, he's, he was, you, you told me he was kicking ass in that Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Star Wars arcade, the original Star Wars yeah. arcade. 
I can only Red Five standing by. Like, if, 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 <laughs> Red Seven, Crushed the Forest Blue. Um, I can get to maybe the third level without if I just cold go up and play the game. If I play it and play it and play it, I can get pretty far. David goes up cold with a crappy joystick. Yeah, the controller is not, yeah, that, yeah. that controller was that was not the best breakfast I've ever had. I walk over there and he's already on level what? Level four, four. I guess. I was yeah. like, wow, he's yeah. kicking butt at the, I was impressed, I'll be honest. He probably would have done better, but I put the pressure on by going, Wow, you're doing great and then he dies. <laughs> ah! Crash. Um, my first thing, I walked in, I saw Burger Time, I went over to it, yeah. and I looked at the high score. I played Burger Time one time, and on one guy, I've got the high score. Excellent. And Gary was there to see it and could care less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, here's the thing. I don't think Gary actually paid. I don't think he did either. I think because he just kind of walked in behind us. He did walk in behind us, and he kind of went to the right, where because I, I saw you pay, and then we all, were all in. Yeah. And then Gary comes walking between machines at us. I don't think that some bitch paid. <laughs> and then when we but went I don't outside, think he played so, either. Huh? I didn't see him play. No, he didn't play one game. So there you go. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he did. I thought I saw him play a game or No, something. he didn't play one thing. He, okay. he made a point of, this is not his scene. Yeah. He made a point of, this wasn't my time. Well, okay, fine. That's fine. But he kept saying it. I was like, uh, um, but then when I was explaining to him the value of some of these machines, like I'd point to one and go, dude, that's like a $1,500 machine. Uh, that one right there, you see the, the light-up marquee? Just the marquee is super rare. That marquee alone would be like 500 bucks on eBay. Wow. Because he's, yeah, like, he's, really he's a collector as well of, yeah. of, of, of other elbows. things. Yeah, so, so I, I think, I think oh. he appreciates it from that point of view. You should see... Um, he, I, sh- I saw a list of, of the music that he has at iTunes. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. He, yeah, he... He was he was like you know it, iTunes doesn't seem to work that well with two hundred and fifty thousand songs. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. like yeah, well, most of his has yeah. been ripped from albums and stuff like that. Yeah. It's yeah. his collection. Yeah. He doesn't buy a lot through yeah. iTunes. No, no, but just he has an amazing collection yeah. of music. Well, this was an amazing collection of arcade games. Oh I've, my gosh. I've seen ga- the, there were games I've never seen before. Oh, in, same in, with me in real life. Yeah. games I've heard of. Um, yeah, there was a lot of really nice stuff there. You know, kind of, you, know, you can tell. I mean, it's getting hard now to pick up some of these old games. Yeah. You can tell oh, yeah. a lot of the cabinets were in varying condition. Some you know, of them were. were this you know. is a Friday afternoon. Yeah. And we were we got there right when they opened. Yeah. And I thought, well, I guess they're not really busy. By the time we left, we only stayed there for what two hours, two and a half hours. Well, you guys stayed longer than I did. We only we about a half hour after you left. We yeah. okay. Um, and we of course we got the big sn- uh, showers taking Gary back to his hotel. It was raining yeah, really rain. hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We ran into that going out to the airport. And so um, there was probably 50 people in there when we left, maybe yeah. more. It's hard to tell because Cause you can't, there's, there's no sight lines because it's so crammed. Hundreds and hundreds okay. and hundreds. It was so much bigger inside than I was expecting. What do yeah. you think of the arcade guy? Uh, what kind of surprised me, when we first walked in and I saw it because I'm, I'm taller, so I can kind of see over yeah. a lot of the, the cabinets. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, I see there's like three or four lanes in this oh. room. And I said, that's, that's a lot of machines. And I started kind of walking the lanes to, to check out what they had. And then I came around this one corner. It was like, damn, there's another room over there. There's a whole other room. <laughs> so I, I go through there, and, I, and I'm kind of, I walk around there a little bit. It's like, wait a minute. There's another room over there. And, and, huge. and I'm finding like all these little rooms and cubby. I almost expected to find like Schmeagol in one of them going, right. <laughs> my precious. You know? Well, the, the album artwork was taken. Uh, it's a selfie on my iPhone 6 Plus that we're actually recording this show on right now uh, of me and David 10 minutes before we went in. So yep. that's where the album artwork comes from. Guy wasn't there yet, so you weren't in the selfie. No. No, and I actually had to leave early because I went to pick up um, Adam Christensen and Don McAllister at the airport. You know, the thing is, I'm obviously anybody listening to this. Oh, that's Tom Schmidt. Yeah. Hey, Tom! What's up, baby? <laughs> now, there's quality podcasting material. Uh, what are we at? 201? Um, two, yeah, 201. 201! Well, there's a podcast first. Uh, okay, text coming in. I was hoping it didn't stop the recording because that would suck. Yeah. So, so it was. Uh, 
anybody who listens to this podcast knows I'm into arcade machines. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was super impressed, obviously. But you know what the funny thing is? I didn't actually play a lot of them. You know, I've got emulator machines, full-size arcade machines. For most of it. For most of it. So I've played a whole lot of these machines. But I also brought my own arcade with me. By the way, we need to get that out of the truck. Yeah. I don't want to leave yeah. it out there. Yeah. Uh, it's got 60 games in it. I've learned that looks to... so cool. Well, you could play it here in a few minutes. I'll go get it. Uh, well, no, actually, what time is it? It's almost 6.30. Well, the thing is until 8. Yeah, but we still got to get ready. You've got to make yourself pretty. Hey, it takes a lot longer than it used to, buddy. Remember the Brazilian shave. That's oh, right. That's it, right takes, yeah. it takes a while. Um, Front and back. I, I didn't play as many games, but you know, half of it with me, anyways, is the appreciation of the truly the artwork that goes in, not just the artwork on the on the screen, on the screen, or even on the side of the machine or the marquee, but the cabinets themselves. Yeah. Some of them. I'll get it. All right. Some of them are just quite honestly amazing. Yeah. I mean, and I I went out of my way to play the games that don't emulate well because they have special controllers. Oh, Tempest is a perfect yeah. example. I watched you. You were actually yeah. really good at Tempest. Um, Tom Schmidt's walking into the room. He can get, well, on, he can get on the bed with David. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Tech Fan Podcast, Tom. You, you, can, you can share yeah. that mic over there with uh, Tom with somebody else. I went to Galloping Ghost with us today. But Tempest is a prime example of a yeah. game that you can't play that in emulation. No. Not well. You, well and not, it just doesn't it's work right. Because you, yeah. can't, you don't have the spinner controller. And, and I'd forgotten how weighty that controller is. And it, it, it's, it's got part, weight to it. It's part of the game. Yeah. It's the fact that it has some inertia when you're spinning it around. So it's not the sort of thing, even if you had... Kind of a some sort of rotary controller or a paddle or something like that. You hooks up to a PC. It's not the same, and that one has vector graphics as well. And they don't look the same on a no a regular screen. They like just they do don't. On the vector, vector, a vector monitor. I played Battlezone. I played Assault, which is another tank. Oh, they tank had type a Battlezone there. Yeah, they had the oh, well, the Battlezone like with the uh, yeah. Did you? That game. Yeah. Um, Did you play any games there, guy? Oh yeah. I, uh, let's see. Uh, Battlezone. Um, oh, what's the one with the flying you know, Now, ostrich? you know Battlezone, you know what the significance of that game is for us? No. Owen Rubin was the person that told the guy who made Battlezone he should make the volcano erupt. And he told him so many times, the guy says, if you want the volcano to erupt, code it. And Owen did. So that volcano oh, erupting that. in that game is because of occasional host of TechPan, Owen Rubin. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit so of uh, trivia. It kind of it kind of fits his personality. Yeah, <laughs> exploding volcano, yeah. but not all the time. There you go. And so Tom, you were at the uh, Galloping Ghost today. Yep. What do you think of that arcade? Um, well, gaming, it's I can't game for anything, but Lunar Lander was fun. Yeah, but I mean the arcade oh, yeah, itself. I saw. I saw yeah, it's cool. Um, was it bigger than you thought inside? Oh, way bigger. From the yeah. outside, it doesn't like, look like it's that big. So it's like the TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the TARDIS. And you go in there, and it's just row after row after row of arcade machines. What do they say, 500 games? Oh, it's got to be more than that. I I can believe... Yeah, I think think the website said about 560. Really? Yeah. Though, really, I mean, they... They have no room for any more. No, there is no, no space. If anyone's thinking, oh, I'll donate a couple of cabinets, and I don't know where they most them of them, them were working. Yeah. I would say maybe five percent weren't, and yeah. there was actually a couple that I actually would have played had they been working. Yeah, and some of the screens need work. some work. Yeah, they need a cap kit. They need capacitor changes. Um, and some of the joysticks were forever. pretty bit. Well, those are some of those are forty-five-year-old monitors, I I mean, and it's amazing that it still works. Still at all. work at all? Yeah, but. For me, it's not just nostalgia, like I was saying. It it is the art that goes into the innovative stuff that they did. You look at some of those early Atari cabinets. I don't want to give Atari all the credit for the arcade scene, but they brought a different sensibility to that entire industry. Yeah. And if you look at the the gameplay, the 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 way they built these cabinets to fit the game itself, it's it really is. Some of that is really art. In fact, yeah, just before we left, I noticed that probably pretty good 56% of all the games I played today were Atari games. It tells you yeah. something. I'm not so much into the 90s arcade stuff either. Like, we were, David and I were playing the uh, four-player X-Men game. Yeah, the fighting. It's a yeah. side-scrolling fighting. 
Yeah, it, so you it pick bores a character and, and, and you just you smash beat, buttons. You beat all the guys that, that are there, and, it's, it's and what you is, automatically move forward. It right. was kind yeah. of the it was kind of the first. Um, I always used to like to think it was one of the first kind of like premium games because it's one of those ones where you could play it to the end if you just had enough quarters because uh, as yeah. soon as you as soon well, as you, the Simpsons is yeah. another one. Yeah, like yeah. and the yeah. Simpsons is very similar to, to it's a similar. In fact, I think you could convert. The X-Men to the Simpsons later on. I think there was a cabinet conversion for it. Really? Because basically it's the funny. same Konami engine yeah. underneath. Because uh, they had uh, the Turtles as well, the Teenage yeah. Mutant. It was, oh, yeah. They were all yeah. the same, same they're type all, of game. They're all right? the same game. Yeah. It's just they changed the sprites and a little bit different yeah. gameplay. But it's all... You, you go from one side to the other, killing everything. Yeah. And but you can just keep continuing. Right. Uh, yeah. And then you can get to the end of the game you want. As long the, as only game, the only game that I really liked that you could continue like that, that I really dug but has no replay value, was Gauntlet. And that was their kind of the original game, at least in my mind from the 80s, that you can have four players, you're dungeon crawling, and if you die, you just add a quarter and you join the party again. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun game. They had that there. Now, I've got Gauntlet, and it plays perfectly in emulation. But it's not the same. But it's not the same because you're by yourself. And if you die, you just push the button and you're alive again. Yeah. I beat the game. It took me like two hours, and I'm never going to play it again. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to the conversation we were having downstairs before we came up. Yeah. Yeah, playing by yourself. <laughs> so let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. This is Mark Chappell of the Essential Mac and the Rampant Mumblings podcast. And this is Carl Madden of the Mac and Forth Show podcast. You know what, Carl? No, nope, never met him. But it's funny how many people ask. No, no, no. I mean, you know what we should do? Get better riders? Well, that goes about saying, no, I think we should merge. Excuse me? Rumpet Mumblings, Essential Mac, Mac and Forth should merge. Sounds messy. No, 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 it'll be good. We can still have all the incisive news, views, and opinions of Rampant Mumblings and Essential Mac, along with, well, whatever Mac and Forth has to offer. Hmm. And what should we call this new monster? Uh, I mean, venture. Well, it's still essentially an Apple-related show, so why not... How do you like those apples? Catchy, but does it essentially sum up what an apple show should be about? All right, how about get your apples here, an apple a day, chatty apple, happy pie, oh, oh, just apple. No, we essentially need something that is more apple related. Monkey tennis. Huh? No, no, no. We just need something essentially apple that lets people know we will essentially be discussing apple related things. You knuckleheads. Just call your new podcast the Essential Apple Podcast for when people have essentially run out of good podcasts to listen to. Should have gone with monkey tennis. Back here on Tech Fan Podcast, uh, still sitting in the hotel room. Tom Schmidt, Guy Searle, David Cohen, and me, Tim Robertson. We do want to thank our sponsor this week. It is OWC, <clears throat> MacSales.com. They're actually sponsoring our uh, dinner tonight, which yeah. I'm going to eat lobster. <laughs> well, they're a major sponsor of uh, MacSock. Of, of MacSock, well. absolutely. They're going to have a booth tomorrow. I'm, I'm planning to visit the booth. I have something in mind that I want to get. So, um, Well, I don't know if they're going to be selling there. Right. So, well, but, maybe I can order and well, if you, come up last with a, year, yeah, I, I I was an employee at OWC yeah. this time last year, which is how MacStock and OWC kind of got together. Um, last year, we had some people on the show at the show order something. We actually sent a guy back to because OWC is located in Woodstock, Illinois. Yeah. It's yeah, literally it's like far. no, it's, it's like right two or three miles right down the road. Yeah. Uh, we sent someone down there to pick up these items, came back and delivered it at the show. I might, I might partake of that then. Because it, I need. Uh, well, if they're still doing it that yeah. way, they probably will. What it's? Yeah, why not? Well, plus he's in the UK. If he yeah. buys, you know, whether they to send it here to the hotel, and it's yeah. it's just down the street. So as long as they have it in stock, I mean, yeah. I, I'm after um, one of those kits for mounting an SSD into a Mac Pro. Because obviously a SSD is much smaller than the sleds for the Mac Pro, and so I, I need one of those. So I want to speak up a little bit. You are a little bit away from the mic. <laughs> okay, that's so, better. So Tom Schmidt, <laughs> um, you've been writing for my Mac for what ten years now? Mm, I haven't written anything recently, but, but yeah, you've about been with that. my Mac with that group with that group for a decade. Yeah, you were at the. Longest running Apple specialist in the world. Yes. I believe it was the very first Apple specialist, the very first third party selling Apple products. Outside of California, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, unfortunately, what, two years ago now, they went under? 
Yep. Yeah. S- spring of 2014. Yeah, so yeah, two, a little over two years ago. I was... Uh, I wasn't surprised. I was shocked, but I wasn't surprised. Uh, on this podcast three, four weeks ago, I had Bill Smith from Compu, Compu, Computech, Compu, no, Computech. Wow, I'm just drawing a blank right now. I'm sorry, Bill. Uh, Apple specialist in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He's been around for a long time, but he's diversified his business. It's not really focused on Apple products, so he's doing quite well. The Apple specialists who really focus on Apple products are dropping like flies at this point. Well, it's because of the Apple stores. Well, TechServe, the biggest of all of them, are just closed shop. They're done in New York City. Yeah. In about a month, yeah. Yeah, no, they're done though. I mean, right. they're, they're they're going out of business. What do you think this really means for? People like us, people that were working in that industry from a third-party perspective when it comes to supporting Apple products and, and selling Apple products. Um, any Anytime you lose a leg on the table, yeah, it makes the table a little more wobbly. I mean, not that I, not to you know, imply that that Apple is a little, going a anywhere. Closer to the mic, Tom. But um, no, I don't mean that Apple's going anywhere. But let's be honest. Right. Apple it, sells popular programs or popular products. Right. right. The iPhone is super popular. There's going to come a time where it's not super popular. Why do you go into an Apple store if they don't have the hottest tech products on the planet and somebody else does? Where's the support come from there if Apple starts closing those stores? You know what I mean? It was always that third party that was there, that was the catch-all, that was, we're the ones that really took care of the customer. I don't know. I I worry about Apple customers and the Apple community with these kind of third-party stores disappearing. Big ones. Knowing, big ones, and knowing that as great as Apple is right now, that's not going to last. (laughs) Sony was awesome in the 70s and the 80s. Where are they now? Microsoft was massive in the 90s and the 2000s. They're still big, don't get me wrong, but as David can attest to, we just walked right by a, a, a Microsoft store and actually went in, and yeah. it's a, it's a ghost freaking town. ghost town. Yeah. It was a ghost town. Even the Apple store wasn't all that busy. No, but, but yeah, but the, there, was, there was people in the Apple store. There was nobody in the Microsoft store. Right. Well, I except think there was one other stores, except non-employee. Yeah. Well, they, Microsoft opened up a store in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, right around the corner from the, one of the original Apple stores. Yeah, one of the first two. Yeah. Well, actually, if you think about it, the one in McLean, Virginia, even though it's labeled Store 2, was really Store 1 because they opened before the one in California, just because of time zones. Right. But the the Microsoft store, getting back on track, the Microsoft store... Every single time that I've gone to Tyson's Corner has never had anyone in it. They've got all these guys standing around looking like you know, looking for something to do, and there's just nothing there. So the question yeah. then is, or maybe it's not even a question, it's a comment on my end. Could that befall Apple? I'd say absolutely. Sure. When your products aren't the hotness anymore. Old and let's Navy. be honest, nobody ever stays on top forever. No, Old Navy, Banana Republic. These are all retail chains that have yeah. started closing Sears and Roebuck, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens to all of these Apple users that are buying phones, that are buying computers, when Apple starts closing stores? Mm-hmm. And now that whole third-party you know, infrastructure that was there... Falls apart. What well, it's not fall it's falling apart. It's going bye bye. Do you think part of it is commoditization of Apple products though? I mean you can most of the accessories you need for a for an Apple laptop now, you can buy those all sorts of places. So so maybe people don't feel they need to go to a, a specialist anymore. And there's also the internet. The fact is you can get a lot of support online, whereas before you used to have to go to it to well, somebody. If, if to you're talking about Apple laptops I mean, we're at the point now where you can't open them up anyway. No. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. that's that's what I was asking Tom because, I mean, that was his job. Yeah. But having said that, if if it breaks, 
then you need somebody who knows what they're doing to right, open it up. Right. And you, you can't go if you can't go to an Apple store or you don't want to go to an Apple store, then you need somebody else who's got those skills. Yeah, Joe's Crab Shop and computer repairs. Yeah. A- Apple's support is in different layers. You've got and on the the two extreme ends, you've got the Apple Store and the Apple Consultants Network, which I'm part of now, and the Apple Consultants Network. Uh, what those outfits who do, they're independent from Apple. Um, and the easiest way I can explain it is that members of the Apple Consultants Network do everything the Apple Store doesn't do. And we're the, we're the third-party resellers and, and, um, and service centers fit in is kind of overlapping between the two. Right. And the ones that are falling off are the third-party dealers and repair centers. And the way it's kind of working towards is you're going to be left with the Apple retail stores, um, you know, ignoring Best Buy for the moment, and um, the Apple consultants. You know what's funny about that is there was a time where Apple was giving a lot of lip service to the specialists, and they were really just kind of ignoring the... the smaller independent one-off consultant guys to the point where I went to a meeting and I heard people yelling at Apple guys, why aren't you giving us these jobs? Why are you making us use this third party service? We're getting paid a third of what we are. And then at the end of the day, look who's still there. It's the consultants. It's the ones that have always been passionate about this technology. Yeah. Cause let's be honest. Tom is much more passionate about what he does than a guy working in an Apple store. He also has so much more knowledge, not just of what's going on now, but what's come for 20 years before that. Yeah. You, can't, you can't go into an Apple store and get that kind of experience. No, or, or winning personality. It's a difference between, <laughs> it's a difference between somebody who's doing a job and somebody who really is an expert. Yeah. Yep. Well, at Apple the past... I would say year and a half or so has really been working more tightly with the consultants. We've had, you know, group meetings with with Apple at the big store in Minnesota in their big meeting room and there'll be multiple consultants there and it's like how can we all partner with each other, you know, So are you getting referrals from Apple? Oh, constantly. So that's a that's a big change in the way it was cuz Apple was ignoring that entire channel for a very long time. What do you think has changed? Is it because the Apple Specialist Network is kind of going bye-bye and the, the third-party resellers and repair shops, they're all going bye-bye? And the Apple stores, obviously, they can't do – they don't do anything in the home. Right. I mean, so they don't do house calls. They don't work on what they term vintage machines. Right. Um, we moved our office in April nearer to one of the um, – nearer to downtown Minneapolis and also – a five-minute drive from the Ridgedale store Which in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Which is exactly the Minnesota. opposite of what the retailers were doing. They were trying to get as far away from the Apple store as possible because right. of direct competition. Right. And and we don't – there's really not a lot of overlap between what an Apple consultant does and what an Apple store does. Now, hardly any. Um, we work with the business teams to – to do on-site installations. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of a huge multi-stage project with an animal hospital back home. Um, I just, yesterday, I, inst- I up above their false ceiling, I put three airport extremes. Um, next step is they're trying to figure out what their software transition for the whole clinic operation is going to be and then from there it it might go as far as ipads all over the place a couple of apple tvs to display x-rays from the ipads and so moving forward i think anybody that doesn't want to work directly for apple but they want to support this technology that's going to be the channel to go through right and you and i've i've already hired one assistant in the past 14 months and i need another one that's good now, can you move beyond your own immediate area? Can you start expanding your territory? Or does Apple discourage that? No, not at all. Um, there are some back in Minnesota. There's some of the the AC the ACNs is what it is yeah, for right. short. Yeah. Um, there's some of them that kind of specialize in like 
file is one, like one that one that specializes in medical. Yeah. And he's got, you know, clients all around the country. Um I was getting a little bit of that work back in 2006, seven, a little bit from FileMaker through Apple because they own, and I was the only person in Michigan that it seemed at the time that would have been to knowing anything about FileMaker. Well, or at least put it in his resume and people were finding me because of it. And I got a few jobs because of Apple. I would have someone from the Grand Rapids Apple store reach out to me. You know, you know, FileMaker, right? Yeah. Well, we've got this client here. Well, it was free money as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Yeah. So, Let's see. Were you, were you at MaxDoc last year, Tom? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember if you were or not. There were so many people that. Yeah, you actually was... sat sat in on the the, the podcast. Oh, that's right at Barry's house. At Barry's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the lunchroom. Yeah. So this is David's first show. Um, what do you like about this conference? What are you looking forward to the most? I expect it's going to be different this year. You think so? It just seems like it's going to be so much more. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, remember that that Mike Potter, the guy that that's actually kind of the driving force behind Maxstock, put that whole thing together last year in like six to eight weeks. Yeah. So he's, yeah, and and there wasn't really greatly coordinated between the barbecue and well, no, because the those were always because they're so separate, far apart. Well, they were two separate events yeah. to begin with. Right. Yeah. The barbecue had already existed for a couple of years. I think that's right. And then they I think last year was the first one. But he no, he was having a barbecue, but he that's he took on the Mac theme for because of Mac stock or something like that. Uh the way I remember Barry telling it or Barry and Mike telling it they had been talking and uh they were both kind of lamenting about the demise of the Mac world. Expo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so Barry Barry had the idea of having the barbecue. At his house. At his house. Right. Beautiful and, house. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude. Loves those yeah. faucets. Yeah. Weren't those faucets? Am- I, you know, this is probably, you know, every single time I have talked about the barbecue, for some reason, those faucets just keep, they they haunt me. I'm sure <laughs> they're on YouTube. <laughs> just a, a, an Somebody amazing YouTube house. Here. Good food, though. Yeah. yeah. But it was an hour south. What, his, yeah. his wife's name is Bonnie, isn't it? Okay. Okay. It's, um, it's a the B, fact but not she, Bonnie. Bobby. Well, Bobby, the fact that she opened her home and let let's face it, we're all we're all, you know, yeah. it's not your house; it's, it's a, your yeah, wife's house. It's there a, was probably a good forty of us that went to the barbecue. More than that, and we are. I don't know. I think forty was probably about right. But uh, yeah, the the fact that she put up with all of us and, and all of our craziness and nonsense was was just amazing. Kudos to her. So, what are you looking forward to? You you're actually speaking. Last year you opened the show. You opened the I, very I first was, Mac. I was yeah. I was the first Mac speaker last year. Gaz, Gaz and I opened it up. Yeah. Um, and he put my picture up there on the screen. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> well, I had like a whole montage. I know. It's a montage. Um, I'm I'm expecting it to. It's a montage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. America. That's how, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they slowly fade. <laughs> um. I think I think that this year it's it's definitely going to be bigger and better. I mean, it, it, he's had so so much more interest in it this year that he's expanded it to another half day. Um, I'm I'm already assuming that there's going to be one next year. And well, didn't all four hotels sell out? Yes. That, all the that hotels. there was not four hotels that sold out last year. Well, there was only like sixty people that was. Yeah, yeah, 60, that's not people. four hotels. No. Yeah. So it's going to be bigger. It's a day and a half instead of just one day. The barbecue is at the same place. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. This year. Yeah, the barbecue is at the same place as, as the conference. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that's going to make a big difference, too. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's like an hour, hour drive back and forth. I had a, I had a great time last year. Um, you know, Mike asked me, do I want to do a talk this year or do I want to... Maybe do a roundtable like I did last year, and I said, "Oh, I want to do the roundtable." Um, not that I'm opposed to doing a talk, but I just really like doing the roundtable. I like talking to people. He finally got the video up for that. I know. I saw that. <laughs> it took a long time. I was wondering if he didn't put it up for a reason. I was like, "Was it not as funny or good as I remembered it being?" But no, it was. Great. No, it was fantastic. It was fun. Um, it, I, I'll let you know a secret. I still have no idea what I'm going to do 
Doesn't matter. At the round table? Who yeah. cares? And, I just, and by I the just way, anyone, anyone who's seen that video, Leo Laporte, still dead. Still dead. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, it, it's a cool event. I'm glad OWC is sponsoring it as well as this podcast. See, there's their ad right there. Yeah. Product placement. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to grow. It really depends on Mike. You know, I've had private conversations with him for the first one and quite a bit for the second one. I've given my opinion on what it could be and should be. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's his show. Yeah. yeah. If he doesn't want it to grow, I actually think there's enough interest to do another show like this somewhere else in the country, you know, in January or February in Florida or Texas or something. I want to see well, who wants more to of, go to Florida in January. Right? I, I want to see. I want to see a show like this. They wear parkas in Florida in January. <laughs> Oh my God! It's fifty nine degrees. We're freezing. Um, I want to see these independent type of shows, not just here, but two or three a year. I don't want to go to every one, but I want the Apple community to have them in their area. Well, one of the things that makes this show kind of unique, and uh, is the fact that it's not actually in Chicago. It's in Woodstock, Illinois. So it's yeah. it's, it's a smaller town. Uh, everything is relatively close by. You it's know, not expensive it's like not if it was in downtown expensive. Chicago. You know, like if you were going to do, it, yeah, if you were going to do it in downtown Chicago, it would be it would be it would it would just by It'd nature be a nightmare. Be in Chicago. Yeah. I don't think it would be a nightmare, and you could make it work, but it would be a lot more expensive. Yeah. If you were going to do it elsewhere, like if you were going to do one in Florida. You wouldn't do it in Fort Fort Lauderdale, Miami, or Orlando. Right. But you could do one in, like, Daytona. You know what's funny? Um, In 2000, and that was before you even got to my Mac, wasn't it? Yeah, because I started writing, I think, in 2001. So in 2000, at the Macworld Expo, I was outside having a cigarette with Sean King. Mm -hmm. And Joe Ryan, who was the owner of Apple Links, uh, came out. And then Mike Flaminigo, who was in charge of Insanely Great. So it was basically four guys that were in charge of four different websites. websites. And we started talking about Macworld's cool and all, but here in San Francisco, but damn, it's so expensive. We should look at maybe doing a different show, smaller, somewhere else, more in the middle of the country. It got so far. We actually had like three or four phone conversations pre-Skype. Yeah. I actually talked to the the Kellogg Arena in Battle Creek because it was kind of centrally located. We started looking at a conference that's very similar to what we're doing now in 2000. It fell apart because of ego, but it, it was there. No, it actually wasn't. Really? No. <laughs> I'm surprised. No. no. In fact, at the end, it was only me and Sean King. Really? Still talking about doing this. And Mike Flaminigo was still interested. He just was really busy. It was Joe Ryan from Apple Links who insisted everything would have his branding. The show would be his branding, everything. I don't remember that website. AppleLinks.com. Uh, John Farr was the big writer there. John Martellaro wrote there for a while. Um they're all at my Mac now. So, well, John Farr doesn't really write anymore. Uh, and John Martellaro's at Mac Observer. Yeah. Uh, but he was at my Mac for a little bit. And John Farr, when he finally retired from writing about the Mac, he was at my Mac. Um, it, this could have happened a long time ago. If I would have had the funds to do it, I would have done it then. But I, well, I just didn't have the wherewithal to do it then. I, I it's honestly, in this case, it wasn't a question of funds. Um, you know what the difference is between now and then? Mike Potter. No, social media and podcasting. But Neither one of those things existed, existed at the time. time. Mm-hmm. And True. It, it, was, it was being able to... Have a built-in audience the way we all do with MyMac, with TechFan, with the Stoplight Network, just like Mike Potter has his audience with his show. Right. And get the word out with Twitter and Facebook and podcasts. And using those to reach even a broader audience than just listening to your show. And it's that social media that's allowing him to know who I am and you are as fellow podcasters. Technically rivals, 
but not really, because who gives a shit, right? Pretty we're, much. We're all just yeah. podcasters. We all have similar topics. He comes on your show. We go on his. Yeah, I had Mike on last week. Yeah, I know. And so it allows us to reach. Still waiting for the bro- check, Mike. <laughs> bro- I, I would figure Bill. Um, <laughs> a broader audience of like-minded people who would be interested in this event. So really, it's podcasting and it's social media. Those are the two things that make an event like this popular and pop and po- po- possible possible now. Where in 2000, when we were looking at this, it simply didn't exist. Yeah. It just really didn't. And let's be honest, the audience at that point, the the customer of Apple was very tiny compared to what the customer of Apple is now. Right. I mean, it, it, there just wasn't a whole lot of us. Even though Macworlds were so much bigger and better, yeah. it's kind of weird, isn't it? There was a lot less users, but yet Macworld was massive. It was both halls and underneath. And yep. But that's the thing is is that the the kind of the 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 Mac users now is 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 it's real it's really broad. These are yeah, they're it's, consumers. It's not a passionate they're not. They're not yeah, they're not. Uh, there's not a lot of there's not as many kind of enthusiasts as there used to be. But there's many more consumers who just you know they're just a thing. But, they it, like. but the the differ it's the difference between an enthusiast and a, and a consumer. A consumer, and, and this isn't anything against. Consumers, but consumers consume. They, you know, they're they're not locked into a platform. They're not yeah. locked into a particular way of doing things. Where enthusiasts, like Tim, with with video games, it's like he he wanted to have all of these video game cabinets, and it had to be a certain type yeah. in a certain condition because he's an enthusiast. Whereas today. For the most part, the four of us were consumers. We paid $15, and we walked into an arcade, and we right. played a bunch of games. Yeah. And that's the difference. Well, here's the thing. Um, MacSock technically starts tomorrow. Dave and I are going to do more podcasts while we're here. We're not going to release them all at once. We're going to space, space these out. I actually started... My new- microphone. Mine. Mine. I actually start a new job this coming week, so my time is going to be weird. We're not quite sure on schedules yet. Uh, but this episode um, is the night before. The next episode we come out with will be released next week, and we will record it tomorrow. So yeah. Tech Fan will be coming out on a regular schedule. Just It's not going to be as timely. Yeah. Uh, we already have feedback for the next episode that we do via Skype and back in our regular studio. But we'd still like to get more feedback from you. Let us know what you think of this episode of our topics. The show at techfanpodcast.com is the email address. David, where can they find us on Twitter and Facebook? Uh, on Twitter, we're at techfanpodcast. And on Facebook, I don't know. We're techfanpodcast. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we need more feedback. Actually, we've got some pretty good feedback. I do want to, before we wrap this up, I do want to apologize for the last episode. The audio, something happened. At one point in the show, I said, can you keep talking about this? Because I I really had to go use the bathroom. It happened. (laughs) Instead of just freaking pausing the show and doing it, I make an announcement right on the show. And so, David, at that point, something happened to the audio, and this humming buzz sound happened. And it lasted throughout the show. Now, I edited it. I heard it after we got done recording. That's really hard. To and I, try, I I thought I did. I thought I found the frequency and I thought I chopped it. But I didn't continue to listen and hear that it changed frequencies and was still there. So I apologize for anybody. And I know there was some of you because I got the emails. I got a couple on Twitter uh, and actually one on Facebook. I, I saw it. I apologize for the audio. What we're going to do after MacStock is something that we have never done on TechFan. And that is... I'm going to record the whole show, but David's also going to record his end of it. Yeah. Because the audio is the audio problem is coming yeah, through David, David's channel. So if something does happen in the future, David will have a backup copy. And actually, you said uh, earlier that you actually have more audio equipment now. Yeah, I, I got a, a cheap Firewire mixer that I've hooked up to my iMac and I've got a proper XLR microphone on a boom mic and so I can leave it set up all the time. And uh, Moving yeah. on up. 
slightly getting more, to the east more side. professional, yeah. <laughs> to the big podcasting apartment in the, the sky. sky. <laughs> and all our we'll British listeners are going, we'll what the hell are they on about? <laughs> I hey, know what good it is. Times, yeah. Good times, good times. Uh, that would have been the Jeffersons, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it was the Jeffersons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jeffersons, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, what was good times then? I don't know. Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, Tom's got it. <laughs> Anytime you feel free. <laughs> All right, with that, before we uh, go too far down and actually win an Emmy Award or something. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> we should uh, wrap up this episode. Guy Cheryl, thanks very much for letting us use your part sure. of the setup. We're probably going to hit you up again tomorrow. To no, that's fine, because I'll have, I'll have a lot of it set up to do, because I'm going to do two My Macs. Two My Macs? Tomorrow. Or tomorrow and Sunday. And I... We're going to do at least one more tech fan while we're here. Yep. Maybe two, but probably just one more. have no idea what the next show is going to be about, but well, we'll do something. What did you think this show was going to be about? I, I don't even know what it's about, and we just finished an hour. Exactly. So. exactly. <laughs> so thank you once again to MacSales.com for sponsoring this episode. If you want to upgrade your Mac, go to MacSales.com. they got everything from old vintage RAM to the only SSD upgrade for the new Mac Pro. Got an iPhone. They've got a case. Got a iPad. Upgrade for the Mac MacBook Airs too. MacBook Airs as well. Absolutely. And Retina MacBook Pros just yeah. got one in progress actually. So we really appreciate them sponsoring the show, and awesome. uh, we will see you guys. Well, well, we'll record another show tomorrow, but we'll post it in a week. Say bye, David. Bye, David. Say bye, uh, Tom. Bye, Tom. You bye, guy. <laughs> I, I was gonna leave him out, but okay. yeah, man, whatever.